This is Six Feet of Separation. I'm Joel Jackson, holding it down in the 7th Ward of New Orleans, and as always, on the other line in Uptown, New Orleans, Andrew Levy. What's up, my man? How you doing, Joel? I'm doing really well. Good, really good to be here on a Tuesday night. We've done, yeah. uh, we've done a lot of shameless self-promotion over the past week, uh, and I'm proud to announce that as of today, we are available on both Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all the major places that you would go to to get access to a podcast. So it's That's very exciting for us. Uh, we're keeping an eye on subscriber numbers, which are going up. It seems like our social media blitz is working. Yeah, I guess so. It's weird to be like sh- shamelessly self-promoting during the plague. But um, but you know what? I went to f- refill water bottles, so like, you know those five-gallon water bottles that you do? Yeah. That you have with the thing. And I went to the co-op on St. Claude Avenue and I pulled in uh, with my friend Jackie. And uh, this dude was like uh, in the parking lot walking his two dogs, small black dogs. And he said, hey, I'm listening to your podcast right now. I'm like, that's fucking meta as shit, dude. <laughs> Random dude. That is some weird shit. That, I mean, that is weird. I know the guy sort of only through like the podcast, the, the former podcast and stuff, but it's nice. Um, yeah, man. So we're going to have some very good guests on today. I think we should just tease it up before we get into our housekeeping. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, So I've got old friend of old school Oak Street, OG, uh, Liam Popper. How do I not know him, by the way, which is crazy. How do you not? You don't know Liam? No. I saw him at the bar mitzvah. I was like, that guy looks familiar at Julian's bar mitzvah. (laughs) And I was like, he looks. And he kind of hugged it out with me. Like maybe we've probably like hugged it out at Snake and Jigs over the years. So I know Liam because my cousin Dan obviously went to Tulane at the same time that Liam did. But you probably don't know him, Joel, because Liam went straight back to New York. He didn't live here, but maybe he lived here for a couple. We'll let him fill in that part of his bio. Yeah, he might be late 80s, early 90s, maybe, as opposed to late 80s, early 90s. He was definitely. So you moved here in 94, if I remember correctly. Correct. So in 94, I was back in New York. And there weren't too many people around to just like randomly hang out with, but Liam was one of them. So he and I would be Got the guys it. who went to see the Rads at Irving Plaza. Or uh, I I once bumped into to Liam at Yankee Stadium during Doc Gooden's no hitter in 1996. So and, and that was that was that the one that he was on cocaine or whatever or LSD, which no hitter. Uh, with Doc, you never know. I mean, Doc, it's usually cocaine. Exactly. Was that the one he was on cocaine? Yes, of course it was, because he was always on cocaine. That's right. Doc Gooden, oh, what a guy. Anyway, so Liam is an OG friend. Uh, nice. One of the first times I ever came down here, I was at a party at his place, and I never forgot him, and we've stayed friends over the what years. What part of town did he live in when you guys had that interaction? So... I want to say that he lived sort of uh, in in the area on Chop near where the Winn Dixie is. He he didn't live on Chop. I I remember him being over that part of town, somewhere between Magazine the River. Got it. Um, like Irish Channel or something. Is that what we're kind of sort of talking about? I think about a me? little further uptown than Irish Channel, but yeah, sure. Gotcha. In in, in the general where? vicinity. Yeah, folks, you, you need to know this about New Orleans for those listening uh, that aren't from here. And 
you can have a half a degree of separation from people in this town for 30 years and then suddenly meet them. And you know all the same people. <laughs> you know, that's been happening a lot during this COVID thing, by the way, for me particularly. But um speaking of which, what, why don't you why don't you give us a quick tease on your guest? Oh, my guess is uh, David Lindbergh, uh, another teacher. That's what we're doing, New Orleans teacher, New York teacher, to see what the education realm is like for those guys. And I have a little theory that I want to drop on them, those guys and you, Andrew, when they come on um, about. I like that you're keeping it spontaneous, Joel, uh, not uh, giving uh, me uh, any advance. Uh, no, any no advance, advance warning. warning. It's about humans of a certain age that I, I'm try, I, I, I fear for them. Um, and so I want to talk to those guys about that and get their reaction in real time as well as yours. Uh, but David Lindbergh is a teacher. He teaches film specifically, and I, I want to say it's high school. And I assume he's doing like our guest Lloyd from the other you know, show four is doing a lot of Zoom, Zooming, just like our buddy Wheeler and all our other teacher friends are doing a lot of Zooming. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, and look, one of the things that's been blowing up, I don't know if we'll get into this with David and, and Liam, but one of the things that's been blowing up today is the, uh, and the, the classism disparity and how uh, coronavirus is affecting poor people and people of color, right? And certainly, as I was talking to our, our mutual friend Wheeler today, um, it's a drag, you know? Poor people are having a much harder time um, and for obvious reasons, and uh, maybe they that, have some. That is a hundred percent true. I mean, that's just where we are in this country. That's where the healthcare debate is at, right? Even with Obamacare, and even with having a lot more people insured, a lot of those plans are high deductible or whatever, and people are still afraid to go to the doctor, insured totally. or uninsured. Uh, well, that that joke that I cracked last week with Lloyd from London, Lloyd from London. Um, when he said we have a jogger problem here, and then my buddy Joe Lesher, who we're gonna have on the show sometime soon, um, he said they have a jogger problem in Portland too. And I joked, I made a wisecrack to Lloyd that like, we have a diabetes problem here, not a jogger problem. We also have a jogger problem, but we, <laughs> we, definitely, we? we have a bigger diabetes problem. Well, you live uptown. I have more of a diabetes <laughs> problem on, the, on this side of Canal Street. You have more of a jogger problem on that side of Canal Street, probably. We have, a, we have a gulf between us, even though we're only separated by like 3.2 miles. Um, I think I am ready to dial up our guests if you are, Andrew. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure our guests are ready for us to dial them up, but... Are we are we a little are we a little early? We're we're a little bit early. I'm not sure they're exactly sitting by the phone just yet. Is there anything? Let me, else, any any other random musings you want to throw in our direction, yeah, Joel? I have. Uh oh, audio audio issues. Joel, we just lost your audio. Worst thing for a podcast. Can't hear you. So maybe this is exactly the right time to, to dial in some guests since we've temporarily lost our co-host. Um, and let us know how long. There, like. there, there's, there's Joel. Joel, do we have you back? Do we have you back? Did, we I, lost did I drop out? You okay, I'm here. Can you hear me? completely for a minute. You couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear you. Okay, so, so I'm back. So, so, yeah, you're back. Okay, so go to, for our listeners, go to info at sixfeetofseparation.show. And let me and Andy know your opinion about lengths of podcasts. Do you want a shorter podcast or a longer podcast? 
and please let it because Andrew might be right and I might be wrong or vice versa or maybe it's somewhere in between we're not going to let you, you know which one of us is on which side of that argument to encourage except, you to be fully well, honest and not pick sides I uh, true except let me just say this and this is going to be a giveaway <laughs> this is going to be a giveaway you're throwing me under the bus Joel that's what you're doing. I'm not throwing you no, under the bus me right under the bus no I'm just saying that when I see a new podcast come into my life and I'm an avid podcast liver listener and with my liver um, since 2007, you know, I was on the Mark Marin, Mark Marin, Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Mark Marin, no longer Adam Carolla, but Adam Carolla back in the day, Bill Simmons back in the day in those very nascent years of podcasting. And I think anyway, when I see a new podcast, Jesus come into my life, obviously this, I'm like, emotional about this because i can't talk um if it's 20 minutes i'm like that's not worth my time i don't disagree with you 20 minutes i, I cannot i cannot short. commit i cannot commit to 20 minutes, 20 minutes i can commit short. i can commit to 75 minute... exactly no one i looked at numbers on this and, and okay. this obviously doesn't make any sense in the time of covid when nobody at all or very very few people are commuting has a commute exactly yeah, but, the, but they're the doing but they're doing long time the number one laundry. time that people are listening yes. to podcasts in general outside of yeah. this is when they're yeah. on their commute number two is when they're exercising so there you are absolutely correct that there is no commute really that's 20 minutes long I okay mean, so two Okay. Once, once in a 25 yes. year career, I worked four blocks from where I lived. And oh, that's beautiful. So my commute was super short, but thus I didn't need any entertainment on my way to the office. Right. right. Can you still hear me, by the way? I, I can I, still I, hear you. Good, good. Your, your video is freezing. But yeah, man, um, the two things are like Bill Simmons is definitely looking at the data. And during COVID, two things. He said, look, podcast numbers are down because of the lack of commute. He said that on his show. And secondly, his shows are getting up to like two hours in length because I think he's also looking at the data. Of course, we're not Bill Simmons. That's the thing. You we know, are not, not Bill Simmons, you're, no. And you're, 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 not, you're not Ryan Rosillo. I'm not Joe House. We're just, you know, Cousin Andy and, and JJ. I, I got to tell you, a four-minute segment on how long our podcast should be is just exactly what every listener was hoping for today before we got to our guests. So Joel, excellent. Uh, that is our first listener solicited feedback question. Please send your feedback on roughly how long you think this show should be to info at six S-I-X feet of separation dot show. And we'll look forward to featuring your responses with Indeed. or without attribution in a future yeah. podcast. Indeed. All right. Are, are we ready for guests or not? Or, or, I, 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 think, I think it's time to reach out to our guests and, and have them uh, have them dial in. So let me uh, let me press the magic button. And in the, in the meantime, you got any other casual observations, Joel? Um, I am texting Lindbergh right now. And my other casual observation, um, cats are weird these days. You know, I'm just like the street cats. It's like they're starting to turn into like dog-like behavior, I think, you know? Because, the humans because people are, don't want to go near them or because they're more feral, their humans are letting them go? I think, I think there's a pheromone thing and I think that human beings are around more often, you know, not leaving so much. And therefore cats are like, yeah, I'll take a belly rub. I'll be like that stupid dog, you know? But they do it with like a certain like, 
um, they're they're hoity-toity toity about it. They're like, I'm, yes, I'm going to like give you my belly to rub, but I'm really not going to like it. You know, like I'm going to be kind of snooty about it. But yeah, why don't you rub my belly, dude? You know, it's like that. So that's that's a random observation <laughs> on top of it. And I see we have David Lindbergh on the line here. He's looks like he's muted. Do we want to unmute? There's David. I unmuted myself. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Um, hey, buddy. David, I want to say hello to you. And um, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. And I want to Good. introduce you to. Uh, I think you've met uh, Andrew we definitely Levy. Definitely met uh, in and around the house and, uh, hey, Andy. and at the memorial. <laughs> It's good to see you again under better circumstances. You too. You too. Good to see you, Andrew. How are you, man? You doing all right? I'm me. I'm doing great. I'm I'm, I, I'm in my zone. This uh, yeah. <laughs> I, we were talking earlier, and you know, this I, I think you made a good point. This kind of agrees with me. This you know whole Gen X laziness uh, sort of slacker mentality fits in really well with. Uh, with uh quarantine so well, we were uh we were i think everyone on this call maybe and and liam's joining us right now what's up liam hey liam welcome to the podcast uh-oh i think liam's on mute too <laughs> unmute yourself um david you're still with us right i am yeah um, we were talking andrew about this latchkey situation you know that as gen xers we might be the generation, and of course, I know this is floating around Facebook everywhere, um, but uh, we're uniquely prepared to handle a lockdown because when we were nine years old, we were, you know, your mom didn't know you were at home until like after the sun went down, when the streetlights came on. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Right. Hello. Oh, there you are, Liam. Thank goodness. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? I'm all right. Hang on. Sorry for the technical difficulties, everybody. Please, uh, Joel. And no, no, that's my, my fault. My fault. That's all right. You're new to this. I am. How's everybody? Good, man. So, Andrew, uh, Liam, what's up, dude? How are you, man? I'm all right. Just uh, want to give a big up to, uh, to Jeff first. Had the pleasure of meeting him once. Want to thank you, Andrew, for that. And, uh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's been all right for me personally. Uh, you know, I'm, I've got two uh, teenage kids at home. You got two high school kids and they're with me most of the time because their mom is a doctor. So she's in COVID land all day and they're with me all the time. So, uh, that's been all right. And, um, for work, it's uh, it's been very different, you know, not face to face, and having kids that uh, you know struggle to be face to face on a regular. But uh, you know, two weeks and two days in, you know, pretty good, I guess. All all, all things considered. You, you hey, Liam, I much worse for the work. Go ahead, Andrew. Liam, I I I I don't know you very well, and it's weird that our has never really crossed that much. Um, and you might be able to correct me on that. I saw you at the, at Julian's bar, mit, bar mitzvah, right? As and I was you like, should. Oh, I've seen that guy around, you know? I'm like, where's it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's one of those weird, like, ships passing in the night kind of thing um, with friends, ships. 
But uh, are you a Gen Xer? We were just talking about this. Is that true? Well, I mean, I don't really know. I think that's so crazily loosely defined. I, I'm 52 years old. Oh, you are. So it's like, it's basically actually literally defined by like 1964 to what, 1981, David Lindbergh? Something I think like that. that's right. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's then, right, it's then right. yes. And that's quite a conglomeration of uh, age differences. But I guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, 12 You're signs not in astrology. You're taking a label on Liam there, Joel. No, no I am. No, I am. <laughs> Oh no! I am putting Liam right in my wheelhouse. Right, dude. right in that X, right in that freaking X label. Go at, <laughs> X me in there, Joel. X me in there, baby. Oh, I do. Well, it's a compliment in this in this context, as it, as it should be. Yeah, and we also had Lindbergh help me out here because I know you'll know this. Who is our writer who wrote who wrote the first Gen X like quintessential book? Doug, Douglas Copeland was his name. Cor- correct. Yeah. Yeah. What was the What was the name of the book? The book was called Generation X. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Also, that dude that wrote the the Pittsburgh named novel. Do you know that guy? Uh, something something Pittsburgh. And it was like Werewolves of Pittsburgh. Yes. That's... Well, that was that was a short story collection. Michael yes. Chabon. Yes. Thank you. Another yeah. great Gen X. Whatever became of him. <laughs> He's married to Aylin Waldman, I think. Who? Um, Aylett Waldman, she's a writer. They're both writers. He puts out books uh-huh. on the regular. So. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, Michael J. Bond. <laughs> Sorry. It's, yeah. It, it's, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's <laughs> that, that's super sexy. All right. So both you guys are teachers and you're both. And first of all, I have to say before I move on to this question, I'm sorry. Lindbergh, your background is yeah. so fucking dope. It's like out of it's so much better than I've seen on CNN, MSNBC. You've got the bookshelf with the real books and the shit, right. and you're looking good with the beard. <laughs> yeah, just, your your uh, your your video game, your video game is on fire. You know? Yeah, I, I was gonna say that definitely looks like a gaming chair. This is uh, yeah, that's the library happening. Nice. Stacked to the ceiling. That's just so this you, side of the room. So you are literally in your library. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I, both of you guys are teachers. <laughs> what respective Liam and maybe you go first and then David, what what ages do you teach? What do you teach? I'm a high school teacher. Uh, I, I'm a social studies history teacher. Uh, right now I've got the uh, the coveted ninth graders. I'm like 13, 14 year olds. So the and perfectly you, well-adjusted age, oh, you know, where man. nobody's awkward and, and, and nobody's no, beginning to, none of, none to start to break out into their rebel phase at all. There's none of that. <laughs> and are you guys doing, uh, uh, Liam, are you guys doing like Zoom classes? Are you still teaching digitally or what? what's going on? Um, so uh, we're totally digital and uh, I've got... Uh, you know, regular classes, we, 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 we're trying to figure out the best way to do it so far. For the first two weeks, we've had kids be in like 25 minute classes from like nine to like 1220. But um, we're going to make some adjustments. We were supposed to have uh, our spring break, like our Easter Passover break starting Thursday. Like holy, this it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and and Pesach 
for all of you levies and levies out there. <laughs> for those of us who have a brisket in there, literally. Um, <laughs> So, um, so, but we yeah. ne- then at first uh, a week or so ago they told us, you know what, you all are going to work next week, like that, next week, next week, and then they said, you know what, you're going to actually have classes this Thursday and Friday. So um, we're just going really easy. I hope that didn't upset your travel plans, Liam. My travel plans, you know, that's a whole not- That's a whole nother. Uh, another animal the travel plans as i'm gonna now travel into the bedroom to get your favorite friend jackson to have to bring something over to his brother um jackson you got to come out and help me out i'm uh i'm doing something here well while while liam's sorting sorting out the kid situation in his house yeah the kid situation yeah go ahead tell maybe david tell us a little bit about what's uh what what level of kids you teach, how things are going, what tools you have to, to teach them, et cetera. Sure. I teach high school as well. I teach ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th graders um, at Riverdale on Jefferson highway. Um, I teach film and right now we're yeah. using Google classroom. So yeah. we're not, we're not, uh, yeah. we're not having zoom classes. We're not having interactive classes, but I just create videos and add, kind of instructional things to those videos and then make an assignment and post it. We're doing that once a week. Um, but like Liam said, same thing. We're going real easy on the kids. Some of them aren't showing up and doing the assignments. So we're getting in touch with them and just kind of gently nudging, but it's not a, it's not a like hardcore, lot of new information. That's really critical kind of thing. We're, um, we're doing some review and just kind of like feeling the whole thing out at this point. Okay. Um, David, do you, you're wearing a bad brain shirt. That's fucking yeah. awesome. There you go. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, do you do required during this time? Are you doing required filmmaking, like movies that your students should be checking out? And if so, what? a lot of that work, a lot of the work with them making film is collaborative. So I do not, uh, emphasize that they, like I emphasize, do not do collaborative work. They should be socially distancing. So right. the perfect thing for social distancing is a more uh, textual analysis of film where they are at home and picking scenes apart and looking for editing and cinematography, uh, things that stand out to them or patterns or, you know, specific are, artist work. So are, there, that kind are, of there, are there films, directors, artists that you're, that you're guiding them towards? I just gave them a watching project to do over spring break where they got to choose their own. And a couple of the suggested things I gave them were like, Thanks. they could do the, the films of 1999, right? Uh, which is, they were great films that came out in 1999, you know, Fight Club, Sixth Sense, those, a lot, right. a lot of really good films. It was a good film year. Or they could do- Great film year, dude. Jesus. Yeah. 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 Being, being John Malkovich. Um, or yeah. they could do- they could choose a specific country and dig into films from that country. So if they were going to do, you know, South Korea is really huge right now after Bong Joon-ho. So they could look at, um, you know, old boy and other sort of films from the South Korean new wave or or anything, French new wave, German expressionism, film noir, you know, just let them dig around. That's dope. Um, They they developed their own watching project. Any New Orleans films like down by law. Is that one that you, I have your kids watch? I haven't ever done Jim Jarmusch in any of my classes. I haven't gotten to the kind of uh, 
the the no wave you know like uh, <laughs> it just hasn't it just hasn't happened uh, right. that doesn't mean it's not going to happen because i change it every year so sure. but um but yeah i mean it's a great idea but i haven't focused city specific stuff yet i find that walking around new orleans uh these days with the streets super quiet I, I feel that Jim Jarmusch down by law kind of thing um, in the city, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Just cause it's, it's quite, it's, it's, it feels, yeah. It feels like a zombie movie without zombies. <laughs> sort of. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, do we have Liam back? I, I think back, we buddy? lost Liam's connection, but uh, we'll come back to him in a minute. I, I think you know, one of the big questions that I have about any kind of teaching during this crisis is the, the level of engagement that you're getting out of students. I know that at work, for me, I find it a struggle to keep my team engaged. I have uh, a, a few people out in California. And keeping them engaged when we're on Zoom meetings, keeping them when we're engaged when we're just doing day-to-day -day work, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. So what are you finding in terms of the level of engagement you're getting out of kids with with the tools, with you directly, all that stuff? It really depends on the class. Um, funny story, quick aside. So I was a part of a teacher training group where we, um, we developed a kind of Zoom call-in prog program for uh, to teach the other teachers Google Classroom. We expected four or five teachers to call in and have questions, and you know we would just figure stuff out with them. And we have 52 teachers at the school, like 38 got on the call. And that's because I think they were just craving the human contact. It was just good to see colleagues and talk to other adults and kind of you know sort of get out of the house for whatever it's worth yeah um so so that that participation was huge and invested and everybody participated that was great students on the other hand like i was saying it depends on the class i teach some finer survey classes which are uh elective kind of low stakes classes i guess you could call them where students know it's not a kind of core required class those students participation is relatively low i'm looking at like 20 percent but I also teach uh, international baccalaureate film. Those kids wow. are going for the IB diploma. So they are invested at a good, strong percentage. Like a lot of those kids, you know, I would say 80 to 90% of those kids are getting in. If they're not, they're sending me messages and saying, here's why I could participate. And I just write them back and say, you know, the mere fact that you got in touch with me means there's going to be no late penalty. You know, we're, right. we're going super easy on them. So the, I think at this time, in times like this, the easier you go on them, the more they appreciate it and the more they understand, the more they want to participate. So that makes sense. That, that, that yeah. makes total sense. And that's great. And now just international baccalaureate, those are kids who are planning to go to school overseas. No, it's a, it's a diploma that is uh, a really, really rigorous diploma that they would, um, they would earn in addition to their Louisiana diploma. Okay. So it's a diploma run by the International Baccalaureate in uh, Cardiff. And they take, like, the students do their work in class with me. And then I take all their stuff and I submit it to Cardiff. And it's graded in Cardiff. And Cardiff comes back, like, you know, and then the, the stuff Cardiff comes in back Wales? And say, or is that the name yes. of the company? Yeah, okay. Yes. Uh -huh. And and they say, um, uh you know, this student gets the diploma, this student does not get the diploma. It's got nothing to do with whether they graduate high school or not, but it does have to do with 
uh, they get college credit for these courses. So it's yeah. kind of AP ish kind of, but they also, um, you know, it's a really prestigious degree. So students who earn this degree can uh, use it, you know, as to grease the wheels to get into better schools, better college, um, so on and gotcha. so forth. Yeah. How long has this been going on? Like, have you seen like a, a what's the word, matriculation? Is that the right word? Um, of some of your former well, look, students. Look at Joel with the twenty-five cent words, <laughs> matriculation. Uh, it's super difficult to achieve. A couple of years ago, we had a class where only one student achieved the IB, uh, the full IB diploma. Last year, we had seven students achieve the full IB diploma. They were a really good class. Uh, the seniors this year, I'm not sure because everything is crazy now. So I don't know what's mm. going to happen. Next year, the juniors I have now who will be seniors next year, I expect a lot of kids in that class are going to get the full IB diploma. I would guess 20, 15 to 20. They're a really solid class. Students can take IB courses in addition to their regular courses, but not go for the full IB diploma. That's full IB diploma means every course you take is IB or nearly every course you take is an IB course. And it's super rigorous and difficult. Got it. David, how old are your kids? My kids are 12 and 13. Good ages. Yeah, they, were, I think. they were both born in 2007. So one was born in just, February. Just back to back. Yeah. One was born in February, one in December, and then we cut it off. <laughs> like literally, like had a thing, like a procedure. Yeah. We're going to get this out of the way now. Yeah. And I'm like a now we're done. <laughs> Uh, well, here's the thing, man. What I love about those ages, it's like I worry about, and this is the thing I was teasing you, you with, Andrew, before we started, was I have this theory that, uh, look, kids that are one, two, three, four, they're fine during this. They're, they have no memories yet. Kids who are like 9, 10, 11 and older, they understand what normal means. They understand what temporary means. They understand what permanent means. For the kids who are five and six are fucked, I think. Dude, I, I, you are bringing up a very, very raw memory for me. And it's, oh, it's, really? a, it's, it's a jazz fest memory to boot. Uh, so okay. in 2006, the year after the storm, down in, you know, in the grandstand where they usually have the, the photos in there? Yeah, it, totally. So that year, they featured artwork that was done by grade, grade school students and how they were impacted by Katrina. Okay. And I sort of, you know, it's Jazz Fest. It was the, the return after the storm. It was a big triumphant moment for the city. But I walked in there and I saw some of the art that the students had done and, and how dark it was and how they didn't understand what was going on. And, wow. uh, and, and you know, in a lot of cases, it's, it was students who come from a, a poorer background, to, to be very right. frank, and didn't have the level of support. And that's why the, the art therapy was huge for them. But I, I just remember feeling the sense of, of, of loss, the, the, the combined sense of loss that all of those kids must of, have felt at the time. Loss of yeah. innocence, loss of, lo yes, loss of youth, loss of carefreeness, all of that stuff. And I, yeah. I just broke down. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And there are definitely kids who are going to, they're going to find that they, they're, they're mourning for whatever reason after this is done, even if it's for a lost summer. 
you know, imagine they're going to have a hard time grappling with it. And, and, and David Lindbergh, I want to ask you, do you think that your seniors are going to be woefully impacted by losing out on their like graduation, their spring, everything? Their prom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like a stolen senior year. All the big stuff's happening now. Um, You know, their prom was supposed to be Saturday. Their spring break is happening right now. The senior trip actually took off, uh, was supposed to take off like this weekend, I think, and go into next week into spring break. Uh, That's not happening. Um, They're losing a lot. It's a real drag. our superintendent comes back and says, um, you know, the, the, the class of 2020 is still going to be the class of 2020. So that's good that, yes. you know, they're, they're, that's being protected for them. But there are other things that you just can't protect that they're going to lose. Do you have a message, any of you guys, Andrew, Liam, David, for those kids? Because I would say this uh, for myself, I would say find the silver linings where you can. Yes, you have every right to be upset about losing your prom, your spring trip, your graduation, all the things. And you're like, you're just like running on like hormones and like life and vividness. And all that's kind of been stripped of you at the moment. But I would hope that kids will be pissed as they should be for being robbed of this stuff. But also find their way to figure out how to be better people for it. If I'm being totally optimistic, which I like to be, you know, any, anybody. Sure. And maybe like motivate them to find a uh, smarter leadership that may have been able to, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, uh, take action earlier and make this not, you know, not such a big deal. Um, maybe how many, how many of your students are, are voter, uh, are voter aged? Uh, one, they're all 17. I don't know yeah. what happened this year, but like, there's just one kid who turned 18. So and what, do you, and what do you, let me ask you this, David and Liam, what is your opinion? What are y'all and Andrew, what are y'all's opinions about trying to do the census right now? Uh, there are ups and Sorry, downs y'all. to it. Pe- Sorry, people, are, guys. people are going to be at home. <laughs> hey, Welcome back, Liam. I'm but, back. Wait, insolent, I, insolent child, but I'm back. To talk about the uh, the tight quarters of COVID quarantine. <laughs> we just witnessed. Yeah, you yeah, can see was, the video, was, folks. But that was completely unschool related. That was family related. That was personal situation. Not normal. But Liam, uh, Liam, are you in Jer- Are you in Jersey? Is that where you're at? <laughs> what? I know. I, right? I, I feel like I'm in Jersey. The bizarro. <laughs> tell the folks where 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 are you, dude? I live in, I live in New York City, all the way on the east side of Manhattan. Stytown, so USA, to get to baby. New Jersey from where I live, you have to go way on the complete other side of town, cross a big river, and uh, no, and all. Nobody's ever done that before and survived. Yeah. <laughs> well, Liam, what I love about your accent is that you sound like you're from the West Bank of New Orleans. Well, the, well, you know, you know the history of uh, of America and why people from New Orleans and New York and Boston sometimes sound similar. So, uh, 
Yeah. And then especially when we're uh when we're at a heightened sense of uh of emotion. Sure. <laughs> All good, y'all. I'm happy I'm happy to be back. I literally like just like walked outside of my apartment to another New York City apartment building with a laptop <laughs> with a laptop in my hand that I knew was gonna lose it in the elevator on the walkover, but you know. You, you you try when you when you're a millennial. <laughs> Good callback. Good callback. Uh, oh, to be if I was a if I was a millennial, I guess I wouldn't even try. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, uh, it would just come as second nature to you. Yes. You would you would, you would cry us forever. Is what you would do. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So what's up? Well, how how are your kids getting through this, man? How are your? Uh, we were just talking to David about his kids who are. I think they're hanging got, by a thread at the moment. Ninth graders, right? You were saying. Oh yeah, my students. Yeah, they're doing all right. I mean, you know, it's it's tough when you don't actually see them, um, and I have not been doing a lot of face to face on on the video on the uh, Zoom with them. Uh, New York public schools give out some sort of connectivity device to everybody or we they uh, students that did not have something were were provided something. Yes. Yes. Pretty much what I'm I'm on with you right now. This is a device that I was given to by the DOE. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Anybody anybody that did not have something was given something and uh, are able to. Uh, do all the Google Classroom and all the all the stuff that that the teachers are asking them of uh, asking of them. Excuse me. Uh, so it's uh, but it you know for somebody like me who works in a place where uh, attendant physical attendance is a struggle, uh, virtual attendance uh, is impossible. No, no, but it, you know it's kind of like. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I think in, in many situations, the kids that were or in similar situations, the adults that are going to behave a certain way in a, in a certain situation are going to behave the same way when when things are different. So, you know, my kids that were doing the right thing uh, two months ago are pretty much doing it now. And the kids that weren't. Aren't. <laughs> is, 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 is there is there a, a, a stick? Is is there anything that any any enforcement keeping kids truant? I mean, I think uh, no. I mean, we, we've you know we uh, every school has their attendance their way their way of taking attendance. Uh, so um, you know, for those logistical purposes. You know, just like anything else, be, being there and raising your hand or, or showing up is one thing. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, doing what's expected of you is another thing. So it's a little tough. It's 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 definitely tougher to keep accountability when when you're not face to face with somebody again, no matter what what the situation is. And certainly like it in the world that I teach in, it's it's even that much tougher. But um you know, we, we, I'm seeing a lot of kids that are, are sticking with it and 
you know, we're definitely at the early stages of this. So um, I think getting used to having to, to do work in this way and learn in this way is, is something that we're, we're just starting to get used to. And your school year runs until the middle end of June, right? We go late. Yeah, we go later than the rest of the world. We're like end of the end of June. But they just canceled the state exams. We're like one of the last states to have, you know, those regents. I know you had something like that, Andrew. We but, had them. Yeah. But nobody takes to, does shit like that no more. And they just canceled our regents like yesterday. So they'll probably end our school year earlier. Um, so the kids but, can go uh, frolic outside, right? Yes, and 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 Corona, everything else that wasn't already <laughs> Corona. So, you know, this is a city down here in New Orleans where if you go outside, there's enough space to kind of walk around and have six feet from people. And I'm very right. aware that New York is not such a place. So I'm wondering, like, do you go outside aside from going to the grocery store or whatever? Or, or picking up a delivery, like, do you go outside? What are you, what are you doing right. to, to stay sane, to avoid cabin fever? Mm -hmm. And you know me well enough. I, I like uh, I like my couch, but I, I, I like to be outside. And certainly with the weather finally turning in our uh, our city over here, it's uh, it's tough because you, you know that you shouldn't just be outside just to be outside, which... I will do all fucking day. Um, so no, I'm I'm trying to keep it essential. Uh, you know, I'm out definitely like probably twice a day to like get shit. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, I meet some friends at like five thirty, six o'clock. We sit in Stye Town. I don't know. Uh, Andrew knows. I don't know about the rest of you, but I live in a like bizarrely residential part of. East Manhattan, where it's almost like, I don't know, how would you call it? Like, Andrew, like nice projects. <laughs> yeah. Elevated. Somewhere between <laughs> there and like a, a quad at a, at a university. Right. You know, so we've got like all these around just, some green just, Oh, right. It's a, it's a dorm building is what it is. Right. Well, just for no, but, but beyond that, there's like tons of uh, green space. Like I can walk outside my apartment and uh, be at like basketball courts and uh, uh, astroturf and walk around in trees and grass and not like have to actually be on like a real New York City street. So there is more people than should be out and about on a day like today, which is which was nice, which was a nice day. Me not meaning it was nice that there was a lot of people out because. Um, you know, you shouldn't just be out. You know, it's it's at that point where just kind of being out and being close around people where, yes, when I go to the grocery and I go to the market and, and all that, there's there's people out. You know, it depends where you are in town, but certainly more than most of the rest of yeah. the world. Or well, both, both Liam and David, uh, you guys are in New Orleans and New York, uh, respectively, both uh, epicenters as they call it, of COVID-19. Um, I have a question, Andrew, for both these guys, which is this. Um, rate from a scale of 1 to 10 your respective mayor and governor as, and in terms of their uh, response and work during this, public, this global pandemic. 
Uh, Liam, you want to go first? Sure. sure. I mean, you know, the, the, the mayor has been fair. I mean, you guys know this from a, a national level. also with the governor that, you know, Cuomo has just been, you know, he's just been a beast and, He's omnipresent on television around the country. Yeah, yeah. He's the only he's the only one who's coming close to Trump in the amount of airtime he gets. Right. He's he's been right. He's been all. I I would imagine that he's all over the national news because that's mostly what what I watch around here, and I know that that's that he's you know deservedly so because he's he's out there saying and, and you know again nothing is perfect, and he's you know. He's, you know, a traditional, you know, New Yorker politician. So he's going to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But most of what he is saying is stuff that's based on fact and uh, and reality. And, and he's he's doing it. He's doing a great job. I'm not hearing a lot. And again, I don't I don't do a lot of local news. I canceled my like uh, subscription to newspapers years ago. Um, so I'm not hearing a lot uh, from de Blasio and not that I think I necessarily need to. Um, but I mean, well, look, you know, well, Liam, you know, Liam, let me just ask you directly. Okay. Hard number, de Blasio, hard number, Como, one to 10. I mean, de, de Blasio is, is during all of this, He's non-existent. He's a, he's I, like an incomplete. He's an incomplete, and I'm 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 going right I'm going right to every my favorite number. Uh, I, I'm giving Cuomo an eleven. He he takes it to eleven. <laughs> he took it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I could go higher, but you know, there's really none higher than that. As 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 most of you Spinal Tap fans know, there's none higher than eleven. Yeah, no, <laughs> Cuomo's really he's. Uh, it's nonstop. He's exhausting. I think he's, he's exhausting him. He must be exhausted. I was watching one of his conferences the other day where he's like, all right, I'm done. Goodbye. And he's like got one foot like in the green room and he still is answering another question. So, I mean, he's going above and beyond. There's only so much that he could do. He, he's doing I, I don't know what he's doing with, you know, his actual, you know, uh, gubernatorial powers or whatever it is. But um. You know, he is definitely the face of, of of what we need to be looking at and listening to, for sure. Liam, uh, do you think he's got nipple rings, yes or no? And does Andrew Cuomo have nipple rings? <laughs> you have like, at, least, at least one. <laughs> at least one. You can see him through his shirt, and it was all over Twitter. The other oh, day. that's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I've, I've been listening, maybe not looking as closely as you. But, <laughs> um, right. uh, but now I will for sure. <laughs> you have to. Now. You have to now. You can't unsee it once you. That's see great. It. I, it'll, it'll be one of the first things I look for. That's great. Um, no, it's. Uh, it, it, it's quite crazy to be having to um, wonder what to do and who to look for, whether it's personally or professionally. And, um, you know, I've always gone with the, you know, I believe in at least 51% of, of those that populate our fair planet. So as long as we got more than not on our side, I think we'll be all right. Good deal. 
David, what about you? Maybe, maybe we can get some hard numbers out of you. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. The scale's a little wonky when you live in New Orleans, right? Yeah. So <laughs> mayors are, uh, you know, they, they're all over the map. Latoya Cantrell always seems to me to have this kind of calm that I think sometimes can be deceptive. I don't know if it's a calm that is like kind of not aware of what's going on or if it's calm that's just like really cool under pressure kind of calm so i get that i don't know i i've been i've been getting uh pretty good vibes from her i think um i signed up for text messages from the city and uh the text messages seem to be uh valuable and contain good information i think uh they you know they encourage uh the right behaviors and they are getting out hard data and that's always something I value. I'd give her a seven, maybe. I nice. think, um, I think, I think, her, I think she'd take uh, that. Yeah. I think her, her, uh, statement that she would have canceled Mardi Gras if she'd have had more information. It, it was like so pointless and like, like really, you know, everybody's going to say that it just seemed like irrelevant and kind of clouded the news for a while. So, you know that's why it isn't higher. But How I think could you have pretty even solid. conceived of canceling Mardi Gras before everybody was on a full lockdown? How would you even stop Correct. it? They announced I, the lockdown and people are partying on St. Patrick's Day. You know, like uh, right. sorry, it would have been a full-on yeah, riot just, and a, a full-on drunken riot. It's kind of a bit of silliness. So it, it kind of like I don't know makes her a little bit trivial. Uh, talking about John Bell Edwards, let's just say you know, thank God. John Bell Edwards got reelected because could you imagine Eddie Rispone? I was Dude. listening to the the you are, you are the third guest to say that. <laughs> right, we've had six Tom, episodes, <laughs> but it's it's straight up facts. I mean, John Bell Edwards was on with what was it, Jake Tapper this weekend. He seemed calm and competent and smart and fact driven, and that's what I want from a leader. He. I think might have been a little hesitant and a little bit slow in uh, stay-at-home orders, but you know that's all hindsight. So, uh, hard numbers. What would I give him? Oh, and I hate his uh, his pro-life stance. I think you can, you know, shove that. But we're not talking about that. Well, so, well David, David, can I say something real quick? I mean, sure I, you can. I I was as mad as everyone about that, and yeah. I didn't. It made me not want to vote for him. Correct. At that time, we all had across to bear as voters yes. yes you and i both and we went to the fucking polls and we knew that he had to have that stance in order to get elected and thank fucking god he got elected i i, have to I don't tell even you, believe, i don't even believe in god but yeah it's, i have it, to tell you i didn't vote for him the first time i voted for him in the runoff yeah same same I, with me it's, it's same an with expert me. lesson yeah. in and one that we're all going to have to take later this year, depending on how you feel. And we certainly encourage a certain subset of, of uh, bro-style voters to take this stance. <laughs> Hold your nose and vote for anybody who isn't Trump, right? So, right. Do it for yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I, 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 do it for do Jeff. It for Jeff. <laughs> Amen. Coke on you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean the white powdery stuff. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> hey, Andrew, what do you think about moving on to our uh, really popular segment? 
our, we our, our one and only segment that is definitely yeah. our most popular. That's right. So we, we every one week, out of one. We, we ask people, <laughs> what are you doing to divert yourself during this crisis that has you locked down and unable to do things like go out and shoot hoops with the kids or do whatever? So uh, I'm going to throw it to you first, David. What, what are you doing? What diversion? Books, TV shows, you name it. What do you got? All right, books. I'm prepared. I talked to Joel <laughs> earlier, so I knew this was coming, right? Here's my book. The book I'm reading is Exhalation by Ted Chang. It is uh, hard sci-fi. It is, uh, I, and I'm not normally a science fiction fan, but he is a brilliant, gifted writer. He wrote the story that became the film Arrival, Amy Adams' film by uh, Denis Villeneuve, I think is how you pronounce his name, uh, came out a few years ago. Really solid film. But he's just such an excellent writer. This is a book of his short stories. It's called Exhalation. Love it. I got it at the library. Um, it's riveting. Uh, film. I got to talk about film. Um, or let's just talk about Netflix, for instance. Okay, so... Uh, Mindhunter on Netflix Ooh. is a fantastic show that everyone should watch. David Fincher put it together. It's about the uh, behavioral science unit at the FBI in the late 70s, early 80s, where they went around and started interviewing serial killers to kind of get an idea of the pattern of how these people behave. The actors who play the notorious serial killers are perfect I don't know how they found these people who look exactly like the a serial killer they're playing. Yes, right. well, that, that exact person. I mean, they're real people. Ed Kemper is a real person. The actor playing him not only looks just like him, but is an incredibly talented actor as well. So the show is, it's beautifully edited. It's, it's really smart and well put together. It's got that David Fincher feel of like attention to detail and really great acting and super scripts it's such a good show and there's only a few seasons and it's not being renewed so watch it while you can watch the seasons that exist it's excellent can i, Last, can I give another david can i give an extra plug before you move on please go ahead um a good buddy of mine plays nancy the wife of the older uh partner Nancy, the the blonde. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's a good buddy of mine from where I live. So um, love the show. Uh, everything you say about it is great. The guy that plays Kemper is ridiculous. ridiculous. He's so good. Ridiculous. <laughs> and um, my friend, she's like, a, she's from England. She's that plays Nancy. She's brilliant, and she's a good buddy What's of mine. What's her name, Liam? So we can tag her on the show. Yeah, tag tag my buddy uh, uh, Stacy Rocca. That's her name, Stacy Rocca. R O C A. Give her, give her big love from South Louisiana. I love that show. I will. It's I will let her know. I will let her know that you love that. And yes, great. great. And they did not renew it. And and it end, I won't say how it ends, but yeah, she's a huge part of that second season. All right. She's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you love it. Yeah, go on with your recommendations. <laughs> I want to hear what else. Well, my last one is. My wife and I just started watching the third season of Ozark on oh. Netflix. Uh, uh, don't, don't give anything I'm away. I'm don't done. We finished away. it. We finished. So good. So good. You finished it already? You finished, finished the third it. Done. Already? In like uh, two days. Two days. We're like, three days. We're like two episodes in. I think um, it's so much better than the second season. I so really. The, they're like, so I'm good. Into I mean, it. I think that it, that show has 
the two best top shelf actors. I think yes. Linny and uh, and Bateman are ridiculous. And who's and the Ruthie. girl? Who's the girl? Ruthie. Yeah. Uh, Ruthie. Oh, and, and Ruthie is, and she's amazing. She's amazing. But those two at the, the leads are ridiculous. Yeah. Great, great show. Agreed. I love I love Ozark so much, guys, that I I'm not watching it now because I'm just not quite ready for that. Yeah, just wait, yeah. just wait, wait. But but I went back and I watched Dodgeball, and Jason Bateman <laughs> is so cotton. Do you believe in unbelievable? You know like those kind of lines. It was just great. Such didn't, good pa- shit. didn't Paul Grass edit Dodge or have something to do with Dodge? Did he? That That's the- a great question. We have to ask him. I, I, I don't know if it was. Do- I can't remember the movie, but I think Paul Grass had something to do with that movie. Jason Bateman was so good, like in that as a as a comedic fool. It was so much fun, yeah. and the yeah, fact yeah. that he's become one of our best television directors is insane. It's, it's great. It's, cool. I, I, yeah. it's great. I was I was watching and I'm ashamed to admit it unnecessary roughness with my dad oh, uh, early, earlier <laughs> wow. this week. Uh, another movie that, that features a brilliant performance by Jason Bateman. And uh, if you want to throw it, it all the way back to Silver Spoons, that that kid you could see it. You could see it on NBC back in the eighties. Oh fucking right! Huge. I I went back and watched Facts of Life, actually with Facts Justine Bateman. Facts of life. That's how, uh, that's how old wait, no, 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 no. Justine Bateman no, a, is not on Facts. I, I had a crush on Blair. No, I think no, she was. She was. No, Justine Bateman was on. No, uh, the she's Day on uh, on Family Ties. The, like, family, the family Ties. Oh, yes, yeah, she's the yeah, daughter yeah, yeah. on Family Ties. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Though. I had a had a had a crush on all those girls. <laughs> um, uh, David, what else you got for for uh, crisis diversion recommendations? Anything else? I really could go on for the rest of my life, but I'm going to leave it there. Word. And Liam, what about you? Um, uh, recommendations, Lord. Um, I would recommend like doing shit that like you don't normally do. Uh, I am far from a visual artist, and I did some like random kind of like combine painting recently you know over a couple of days i found that satisfying yeah. um i re i rearranged my my records needed mass out re-alphabetizing i did that uh in alphabetical order or i, I went straight i went straight alphabetical order i i, mm-hmm. I did uh put some facebook posts for you know your uh high fidelity type of uh recommendations but i just went for alphabetical just otherwise <laughs> otherwise i'll never be able to fucking find anything all right <laughs> um and what else you know i just you know i'm i find i beat my kids a little bit more that helps um i'm kidding uh <laughs> no no it's it i i, I, I you, this, you can't joke about child abuse what can you I, I i won't i won't not just not over and over again right over don't beat it into the ground sorry yeah, exactly so you know, just uh, making sure uh, I, I I laugh a lot and listen to a lot of music. Word, uh, Andrew, I've got a few, and then I'm gonna let you go. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you great. Go for Word. it. Um, Word, well, based on our two guests, I have two new ones just based on this conversation. One is uh, just everyone knows this. Just check out some Key and Peel. You know, oh yeah, and the, yeah, the yeah. A, the, the you guys substitute teachers like you guys were talking about the A Aaron sketch. Check so out the A Aaron. 
the 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 Jack O'Lan or whatever. It's it's just so priceless. It's perfect. And then um, the other thing was uh, what were you just saying, Liam? That made me think of another thing. Um, shit, I just lost it. Um, what were you just saying, Liam? I'm not sure, but like every once in a while, I'll have a class of kids that some of them have never seen that bit, and I'll just yeah. pull it up on the big screen and, and make sure that everybody <laughs> sees that one. Oh, good, good. That that's a um, good one. Yeah, and then well, the other, uh, just la well, laughing and music. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, doing like art projects, shit, shit like you never did. Yeah, I lost my train of thought, and that's fine. But I did have two things prepared uh, to to lay out, uh, let people know what I'm doing, and and maybe. Uh, as a recommendation one is a podcast love it or leave it which is john lovett <laughs> you guys yeah. know john lovett uh john lovett was a speechwriter for hillary clinton and then once barack obama um got the nomination he switched camps and he wrote most of the jokes for barack obama um uh for his white house correspondence dinners and he's a funny guy and Love It or Leave It comes out every Saturday morning and he has comedians on and it's just, it's in his, he dates, his fiance is um, David Holmes. Ronan Farrow. Thank you. Um, yes. Who nice. just busted. Took down Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we lost Joel's audio there for another second. <laughs> all, oh, well, all, all, all technical Love it or leave difficulties it is, uh... all the time. <laughs> it happens. But uh, yeah, Ronan Farrow is yes, no, his fiance. An, an Australian, right. an Australian writer called David Thorpe. Do you guys know him? He has this book called "The Internet Is a Playground," and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you can get it online. You can actually, I mean, you can get the book online, of course, but you can also all of his writing is online, so you don't have to order the book. And it's just like the advent, like it's like how to fuck. Did we lose Joel that, again? That, that was that was a really inappropriate moment for him to say that. word that that the internet is a playground is about how to fuck. And that's that's really all we got. Well, who didn't well, know that? While while we're trying to get Joel back, I'm going to go go on ahead with uh, with my crisis diversion. So twice uh, so far this week, you can do this in New Orleans because there's ample space. Twice I've gone for like two-hour walks in the morning. Uh, it, the weather is beautiful right now. There's yeah. room. Even if there are people walking up each side of the street, there are no cars, so you can walk right up the middle. Right. Did, <laughs> right. did a couple of tours of Audubon Park. People are being very respectful, generally, of distance. So, yeah, uh, for me, my crisis diversion has been walking, and uh, those extra steps are not going to hurt me, uh, uh, they're not going to hurt me when I'm trying to fight the battle of the ever-increasing belly. So, right. Tell if, me if about it. If you're in a place, <laughs> if you're in a place, listeners, where you can get out and walk, I highly recommend that you do it safely at a safe distance from everyone else. Be respectful, and uh, you you should be able to to enjoy that. And Andrew, as I'm back, and as extra motivation. Welcome back, Joel. Thanks. Uh, as extra motivation, um, consider yourself a human being that would like to hang out with someone that they're interested in romantically on a porch six feet away over the next couple of months and maybe walk a little bit extra just so you look a little bit better. 
No. <laughs> from that from that eight feet away. So <laughs> that uh, so that you can imagine having so when you're imagining having sex and masturbating or whatever, <laughs> you, at least, you at least think you yourself looks good. So you know, ex- exercise everybody. It's, 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 it's all it's all about confidence. It's really, it's that's, all about confidence in the age of COVID. That's an Easter egg for uh, the the word unfathomable. Um, so someone's going to be listening to that and knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. And yeah. any, anybody else got anything else they're doing to 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 stave off the crisis? All right. Well, that <laughs> radio of, silence is that, what we'll that, 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 that's that's a perfect uh, ending. That that Dead is air. A, a perfect segue <laughs> to the end of today's show. I want dude. To I love that. I love that air. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank. David Lindbergh for joining us from here in New Orleans. Thank you. And love the, you guys. Uh, I don't know if he's the fifth or the sixth meter, but Liam Popper, we'll have you on another day to tell that story. Thank you so much, guys. This is a pleasure and a privilege. Appreciate it so much. It was great Thank to have you. you. And my my co-host Joel, who uh, who has been uh, where wherever it is, uh, whatever is going on, we have been fighting. An impossible struggle against technology and bandwidth wherever Joel happens to be. So That's right. once again, we apologize for the uh, the brief audio issues that we've had today. Joel, if you want to fill in the blanks, we can dub over those those sections later on, possibly. That's okay. I'll just repeat myself like I always do. There you go. All right. So... For uh, on behalf of Joel, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in today. This has been Six Feet of Separation, a podcast about our lockdown nation. I'd like you all to stay safe and keep your distance. Love, life, and culture. Yeah, you're right.